Hi, I'm Patricia Cornwell, and you're listening to The Dinner Party Show with the wonderful Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. I went to a marvelous party. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine. You first, Eric. Live. From the Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California, it's The Dinner Party Show, the Internet's first live comedy variety show, with your hosts, New York Times best-selling authors, Christopher Rice. No, there's actually a new study that confirms every other child you see on the street is a ghost. <laughs> and Eric Shaw Quinn. I don't want to talk too much, but... Okay, no, we're going to no, no. take up a collection for the stained glass window. Now we want the dirt. Featuring reports from their largely unqualified staff of special correspondents. Sex is like Christmas. It's the not knowing what you're going to get that makes it exciting. New York is a giant trash island infested by has-been theater queens. If we're really serious about cutting federal spending, the biggest waste of public funds I can think of is Congress. Two snaps for Jesus! The Dinner Party Show. Everyone gets served. Tonight's livecast is streaming to you live and for free through the dinnerpartyshow.com and our free mobile app. And now, direct from the kitchen by way of the Get out of my office. It's your hosts, Christopher and Eric. Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and you're listening to the Dinner Party Show livecast for December 14th, 2014. And tonight we will not be expressing outrage or disgust over the content of any emails that were secured by criminals committing a criminal act. We will, however, stop short of condemning the prurient and voyeuristic exercise of reading the content of those emails for the purpose of personal enjoyment. (laughs) However, we will neither indulge nor tolerate the charade that any individuals referenced in said emails or anyone peering in from home are somehow assaulted by messages that were not written for them and not sent directly to them by the authors in question. In light of the fact that cyber attacks seem to have become the new normal, we here at the Dinner Party Show believe it's time to establish some new standards of decorum when it comes to reading stuff that isn't any of your fucking business. Unless, of course, Joe Facebook, you would be perfectly comfortable having all of your emails and chat sessions posted on a highly trafficked website for everyone to see. Until your answer to that question is yes, chew your popcorn, enjoy the show, and then wash it all down with a nice hot cup of shut the fuck up. Tasty. Mm-hmm. We will also not be discussing the hateful, anti-constitution, anti-civil rights, anti-gay bigot, and alleged Christian Reverend Edward James of Jackson, Mississippi, who just this week put a wedding dress on his horse, Charlotte, to protest gay people having the same rights as everyone else. The reverend was so angered by the recent repeal of Mississippi state laws banning gay marriage, he used this display to equate gay marriage with bestiality. 
this hideous, hateful, and insulting act is almost as shocking as the fact that Reverend James is a black minister from Jackson, Mississippi, a state that as recently as 1967 had to be forced by a federal court ruling similar to the one he is protesting now to end enforcement of their state laws against marriage between people of different races. (sighs) Reverend Asshole... We can't find words for your hurtful and insensitive display, but we would point out that in a recent 2011 survey, a majority of Mississippites (laughs) said they were still opposed (laughs) to interracial marriage. So, perhaps you should be less worried about other people receiving their civil rights and more worried about losing your own. Uh Because if it's legal for you to vote away my civil rights in state elections and legislatures, it's legal for other people to vote away your civil rights, too. Can you hear me okay, Salt Lake City? Mm-hmm. I hope they can. We will also not be discussing the fact that Mark Wahlberg, a.k.a. Marky Mark, Dreamy. is seeking a pardon for the fact that he violently assaulted a Vietnamese oh. grocer when he was 17 years old. Well, that's not attractive. Uh-huh. Wahlberg claims that after serving a 45-day sentence for seriously injuring the man while repeatedly calling him racial epithets, he has since become a role model for children and others, as evidenced by the fact that he once told a journalist he could have defeated 9-11 terrorists uh, himself had he been on model. one of the ill-fated jetliners that day. Oh, and he was paid $16 million to star in Transformers, Age mm, of Extinction. Nice. Too bad I wasn't paid that to watch it. I might have finished it. Uh-huh. <laughs> we also won't be discussing the fact Oops. that Wahlberg has applied for this pardon because his past conviction is hampering his ability to expand his new restaurant chain, Wahlburgers. What a shame. But we will give a tip of the hat to Jeff Yang over at CNN.com who pointed out that the famous actor currently has a more extensive criminal record than Trayvon Martin, Eric Garner, or Michael Brown. So maybe, Mr. Mark, you should just be thankful police haven't murdered you and call it a day. <laughs> the That's the, the funky bunch. You gotta go uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> well, We are truly speechless over Time Warner Cable's decision to pull an underwear ad with what we call same-sex imagery. We think erotic and homoerotic are in the eye of the beholder, but apparently Time Warner was so turned on by an ad for a company called Nasty Pig, which quite frankly seemed pretty tame to us, they decided to pull it as soon as someone called in to complain about it. Mm. Given what actually does air on Time Warner Cable, we have to say this ad is no more shocking than those grainy Tommy Hilfiger ads and so much more of what's out there. Mm -hmm, Um, So we think this is clearly just blatant homophobia and discrimination. But if those are the rules, we would like to encourage people to call in and complain about Victoria's Secrets ads and that hour-long ladies' underwear ad Christmas special they ran on CBS for being too suggestive. Also, we find that pretty much everything that airs on Fox Cable News Channel is prurient, misleading, and offensive, except, of course, Shep Smith. Hey, girl. And we think all of that nonsense should be banned as well. Girl. Who knew that ending the reign of free speech and enforcing your views on others was as easy as calling your cable provider? Ha! Merry Christmas, Time Warner Cable. 
You don't just have shitty service and lousy, lousy products. You're also hateful, homophobic bigots. Here's hoping Comcast fires all of you when they take over. Happy holidays. Indeed. Ho, 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 girl. <laughs> also not being discussed on tonight's show. Anyone on social media who responded to the straight couple depicted on the cover of my next erotic romance, The Surrender Gate, by ordering me to write something more homoerotic, and then admitting that you haven't read or even scanned the plot synopses of my other super gay (laughs) novels. Enough said on that. Super gay. Mm -hmm. It's Christopher's... uh... A superhero identity. All yeah, right. think that one out next time. <laughs> Here I come. I'm super gay. <laughs> <clears throat> Finally tonight, you better not pout. You better not cry. You better not shout. We're telling you why. Because that's our job here on The Dinner Party Show, and we're professionals. Everything else is still on the table on tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. This is the show where we play 10-second promos to make you think the time is passing faster. (laughs) It's sort of the James Patterson School of Radio. Chapter 714. (laughs) She opened the door. Chapter 715. (laughs) The door was locked. Right. Okay, we'll rehearse that next time. Eric Shaw Quinn, this is our last live cast of 2014. Are you excited? Tell everyone. It was supposed to be a secret. It wasn't supposed to be a secret. No, no. Oh, well then, I've been been blasting it all over social media, so no, it can't be a secret anymore. I think, uh, I hardly think anybody's paying attention to that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Probably as many people who are paying attention to our fucking show, you charming co-host. Christopher's posting again, isn't that adorable? Listen, with their- Does he have a shirt on that I'm not looking (laughs) Listen, (laughs) listen. Listen, Linda, Linda, listen. Listen, Linda, listen, 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 listen. Okay, so here's the here's the thing. I did tell everyone it's it was our thing. last. This is the thing. I told and now them. it's time for the thing. And now it's time for the thing. It's our last live cast of 2014. It is. It's been a big year for us. Here I heard at the it. Party I read show. it on your social media account. Allegedly, yes. uh, maybe you did. Uh, but we have things coming up in the next few weeks. Things. We have marathons. We have an encore presentation of our Christmas special. And I just want to let everybody know, since I talked about it on the show last week, I have a perfect bill of health. I'm just insane. Well, I think everybody pretty much knew that before. Well, who else? Particularly the ones who'd seen your shirtless photographs. I talked about, well, you couldn't see my heart in my shirtless photographs. And I did tell people that I had been rushed to the emergency room, which turned out to be a panic attack brought on by being Anne Rice's son and Eric Shaw Quinn's best friend. (laughs) And having to spend all of Thanksgiving in a house with them when they were all in various stages of illness. And so I'm sure everybody understood. Yes, absolutely. That seems perfectly reasonable. I'm okay. I'm just crazy. But in all seriousness, I was actually very moved by the people who wrote to me about their own experiences with panic and anxiety attacks. And a lot of their messages were private, so I'm not going to reference them by name. But it's something a lot of people have experience with, and they have all shared very wise things that I can do. How was the to... emergency room? Cedars seems like a really nice it hospital. It was really amazing. Was it cushy? It, I don't, I'm not going to say it was cushy, but it was very efficient, and I felt very well taken care of. Did they have, of. like, hardwood floors and no, oriental rugs? I know. There's, allegedly, there's a wing of Cedars. That's the one I want to go to. That's where, if you're dying, they roll in a harpist right at the end. Yes. Oh, I'm that serious. That sounds great. 
great. Yeah, they, uh, although the dying part seems like, can you get the harpist without dying? I don't know. Maybe just brunch? I think if you have an infection, <laughs> they bring in a polka band to try to get you to dance your way out of it. Oh, Mike. Polka is the best medicine. Michael Rowe and Ron Oliver are our guests tonight. They're two very dear friends of ours, and they're just enormous bitches. And we have I mean, already been the worst. But the good news is they're mostly horrible to each other. Yes, that's which very is true. our favorite part, which is why we wanted to have them on the show together. Unless you come onto our Facebook page espousing primitive caveman philosophies. In which about case, there's loyal God as help terriers. you. God help you. We love them. But there are, Michael is also a very talented novelist and a talented essayist and journalist. And he uh, wrote an essay in Sharp Magazine, which is a Canadian outfit, I hear. Right. We'll be discussing that with him when he comes on the air. But I think Shay probably has a copy to post that. He does. As well as the ad, the nasty pig ad that we referenced in in the the not report. report. We're not going to talk about it, but see for yourself and see what the hell is up with Time Warner. Okay, but let's talk about what you've been on about for a week now, which is... What are we calling it? The decline the, the of the death Christmas, of Christmas the, the specials. The death of the Christmas special. Like, they've, they're almost none, and the ones that they have are really, like, shocking. It's like, have you seen? I watched this thing the other night while I was baking Christmas cookies. Um, the I think it was called A Very Grammy Christmas Special mm-hmm. or something like that, and they were talking about the music awards, not your grandmother. Um, and it... Was I don't the think worst. anyone thought it was they like, were. It was the, like they didn't even have – it wasn't even mostly Christmas. Like they didn't sing Christmas songs. They talked about their fondest Grammy memories. It was musicians who had won Grammys. So, you know, we can all relate to that at the holidays. Like it was <laughs> – it was but so also, bizarre. They kept referencing the oh moments, and then they wouldn't show and then they the moments. Show the moments. They would talk. They would tell these heart wrenching stories about Mary J. Blige. Told the story about how she'd lost and how angry she was, and then she had to perform at the Grammys, and she put all of her angst and anger and energy and feelings and emotions into her performance. And when she opened her eyes, the whole audience was standing, standing up and applauding and talking about her performance for weeks. And then they cut away, and she sang some other song. It was yeah. like. What is this show about? And that's, you know, just the tip of the iceberg. They did a rerun of Blake Shelton's terrible Christmas special. So it was terrible last year. And so they ran it again this year. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, glass houses. <laughs> yeah, we do plenty of encore presentations here on the dinner but, party. But show. like it was not a good Christmas special to begin with. And our specials were fucking amazing, and don't you forget. Right. It. Michael Bublé is gonna have a Christmas special this week. But you would think with Pixar and all of the, you know, all of the amazing technical advances, like really Michael Bublé and Charlie Brown, Merry Christmas Charlie Brown, are going to be about it for Christmas specials that are worth watching this year that I've seen. Now, maybe I'm missing something, but what do you guys think? Do you think that 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 Christmas specials have kind of gone to hell? There's very few out there that I can find, and the ones that I am finding are wretched. I think we can have Shea Butters punt that question to the party people who are listening in live or who are not listening in live. Come to our Facebook page and tell us what the fuck is going on with the Christmas special. Oh, the other thing I want to ask is, is are people bringing pictures from Christmas Without Borders? No, because yours is so amazing you make them all feel inadequate. You have Greater Christmasville, which is like an acre of your living room. Now, we had, there was one, oh, I'm going to forget. Is it Mike Martinez? 
Yes, Mike yes. from Chicago. From Chicago. We love Mike Posted from Chicago. Amazing pictures. But I'm not sure if everybody's seeing them. Maybe there's a way that we can put them in an album at on the Dinner Party well, Show I page or something. I think that'd be a fun project for you to figure out I, this I don't week. know. But, like, I can't find them at all. Like, I, I don't know how our Facebook page works. So if you, somebody should could explain that to me. Or maybe it's possible for there well, to be okay, some so way to tag them or something so you could search out. Tag our, Eric Shaw Quinn in your Christmas Village photographs. I remember last year we had Buffy Peterson send in a few. Buffy, we want some more Christmas but, Village And photos. it doesn't have to be Christmas Village. It can be the decorations on your street or in your yard. Godzilla your attacks presents. Tokyo Absolutely. Village. But, but I want to expand. I do Greater Christmasville, but everybody's Greater Christmasville is part of Greater Christmasville. So it's Christmas without borders. Yeah, okay. Um, this is fascinating. I think this is great. But listen, I I'm just... I'm all ha- about Christmas. You are all about Christmas. And I have to share the story that a few years ago you called me and Christopher... I went, yeah, yeah, are you are you okay? I just need to talk to someone. And I went, um, okay, why? What's wrong? And I thought, oh, my God, is he, does he think someone's outside his apartment? And mm-hmm. he said, I have just watched Clay Aiken's Christmas oh, special. Oh, my God, it was so And disturbing. I need to, dis- to discuss it with somebody. <laughs> I was like, wow. I knew people who ridiculed Clay Aiken, but I didn't know people who were disturbed. I'd never seen him before. He was really, he really creeped me out. Yeah. Fortunately, Megan Mullally was on the show, and she did the single best performance of I'll Be Home for Christmas that I've ever seen. But because she included all the lost verses about alcoholism well, I, and spousal abuse. Absolutely. And, yeah. She kind of did. It was really moving, but he was alarming. Yeah. Like anyway. he really was, I hadn't, I'm not a, a, a an American Idol person, so I hadn't really seen him before. But yeah, yeah, I guess maybe that was sort of the beginning, the tipping point as the... Christmas specials kind of went off. The Ron has produced a lot of our guest. Ron Oliver yes. has produced a lot of uh, Christmas movies. We'll ask him what he thinks and about this. And party person decline. Mike Martinez is suggesting the Kennedy Center honors for Christmas. Oh, Mike, that's way too high tone. For yeah, us, that's boy. that's lovely, but it's still not. It's kind of like the Grammys thing. It's like. It's fine to do fun stuff at Christmas, but I'm talking about actual Christmas specials. Yeah, like absolutely. Good old fashioned. Like, absolutely. We've all seen that thing of Bing Crosby and David Bowie singing Little Drummer Boy together. Um, a Lady Gaga Christmas special. That's what we need. Right? We need a Lady Gaga Why Christmas special. Why don't we special. have one? I don't In the meantime, that. we have Miss Jonelle Sam's relationships expert is back with some of her advice oh. for dealing with the hol- holiday blues. Excuse me. And then we'll be joined by our guests, Michael Rowe and Ron Oliver, here on the Dinner Party Show. Thanks, Jonelle. It's time once again for the Dinner Party Show's homemade relationship advice with Jonelle Sams. This is Jonelle Sams with a special Christmas edition of Homemade Relationship Advice. If you have a relationship question, you can send it to me, Care of the Dinner Party Show's Facebook fan page, or at Jonelle at thedinnerpartyshow.com. This week, I wanted to take time to talk about something few of us admit, but a lot of us feel at this time of year, the holiday blues. Christmas is just around the corner. From the moment the leftover Thanksgiving turkey goes in the Frigidaire, it's on. The stores are packed with shoppers and decorated up like New Orleans fancy ladies. The streets are lined with cheery lights. Seems like most every window on your street is aglow with tinsel-covered trees. Lawns are strewn with twinkly lights and elves and glow-in-the-dark candy canes and nativity scenes. Light up Santa and his sleigh and reindeer adorn many a roof. Christmas is just in inescapable, and that can be a challenge. 
During the holiday season, if you're a single person or a shut-in or a member of a faith that does not celebrate Christmas, it's easy to believe that the world is just passing you by. And even if you're not on your own, you start looking at all those Tory spelling Christmas movies on Lifetime and your living room can begin to look a little shabby. Or you see the family on the TJ Maxx commercial beaming at you and you think, why don't I have a house full of photogenic children or quirky friends like those people in the Tommy Hilfiger ad? Why isn't my life filled with style and substance like the Ralph Lauren people? So, if you find yourself in the middle of the hap- happiest season of all and you're feeling like you're inside doing homework on a snow day and all the other kids are outside in a snowball fight, you can't join in, take heart. I have a solution to your problems that is much easier than trying to get yourself a husband before Christmas Eve or wangle yourself up a bunch of skinny, velvet-clad Ralph Lauren types in time for Christmas dinner. You see, my husband Merle and I have been blissfully married for 22 years, but there have been times, I'm embarrassed to say, when I didn't see it that way. You see, Merle and I are lucky enough to be married to people who have full and busy lives. I have my ladies' groups, circle meetings, my arts and crafts, gourmet cooking, taxidermy, home decor, canning, and a whole host of other interests. Merle and his best friend Olson Lee Pugh were always off antiquing and directing in local theater projects and attending art openings. You know, man stuff. It was all well and good for the 13 years we were dating, but once we got married, I started to feel like Merle wasn't taking an interest in my many hobbies and activities. I started to look at other couples on the non-holiday Lifetime movies and just here around Poison Creek. The more I looked, the more it seemed like everyone else was always so happy doing stuff together, going on vacation at the same time and being in the same church groups. Why, I actually started to get jealous of Olsen. Can you imagine? Then Olsen's mama got real sick and he went up over to Dry Prong to stay with her and help out for a while. Well, sir, I got my wish. Olsen's mama was slow to mend and Merle was here all the time. He took over Circle Meeting, started a whole house full of home decor projects that made my efforts look pale, about ran me out of my own kitchen, got the upper hand on canning and my crafts work till about all I had left was my taxidermy, and I think he'd have crowded me right out of my tanning shed if Mrs. Lee Pugh hadn't taken a turn for the worse and died. Of course, Merle had to go be with Olsen and help him through the funeral and settling Miss Lee Pugh's affairs, but in the end, it was me that got my affairs settled. You see, I realized that the only thing that was wrong with my marriage was my attitude. I was comparing what I had to other people and feeling sorry for myself because Merle had so many outside interests in man stuff. I had failed to take note of all the freedom being married to Merle allowed me. After Miss Lee Pugh's funeral, Merle took Olsen on a little cheer-up theater trip to New York and some artist colony called Provincetown further up the East Coast somewhere. By the time they got back, I was back to being on my own most of the time, and Merle and Olsen fell back into their old routines as well. I swan, those two are more like an old married couple than Merle and me. To be fair, they've been together longer, since before high school, I think. So, if you're comparing your Christmas to some fancy one you saw in Parade magazine or in a Tory Spelling holiday romance movie and feeling like you've missed out, what you're really missing is the chance to be thankful for what you already have. 
Till next time, I'm Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice, wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or what have you. If you have relationship questions, write to Jonelle, care of The Dinner Party Show Facebook page or to jonelle at thedinnerpartyshow.com. If all else fails, help someone who's worse off than you. It's tough to feel bad about that any time of year, and your life will look a lot better by comparison. I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And I'm Christopher Rice. And why are you looking at me like that, Eric? Well, I just finished reading The Flame, your first erotic romance, and I must say you know a lot more about a woman's body than I thought. Thank you, I guess. I don't actually think you're the best judge of that, but whatever, I'll take the compliment. Truth be told, there are all sorts of bodies on display in the flame, whereas Christopher's body is usually on display on his Facebook page. All right, page. come on now. The Flame is now on sale through the dinnerpartyshow.com and at Amazon. It's the passionate tale of a magical scented candle that helps the person who lights it follow their heart's desires. So that's what we're calling it now. Just finish before oh, you ruin the right. promo. Ruin a promo? How could I possibly do that? You mean by singing this song again like I did the last time? Erotic, erotic, I'm put leaving. your hands all over my body. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And the party people are chirping up about our Christmas special question. John Madsen only watches Peanuts Christmas specials. Join the club. Luke Klawun, Klawan, I hope I pronounced your name correctly, says... <laughs> Not a chance. Do people still watch that much TV? Maybe we need mini specials on YouTube, or better yet, Vine. So you just... Paint your balls red and snap a shot of your crotch. I, apparently, that's where your head went, Eric Shockwell. Well, like, what else are you going to do in, like, what is it, 11 seconds or you something? Could, you could have 300 vines, right? Would add up to, like, a, a, I don't know. I can't do math. Anyway, these are all great suggestions. Heather Thompson says maybe there's too much emphasis on trying not to offend others who do not celebrate Christmas. Oh, I'm not going with the war on Christmas excuse. Okay. That's not going to work. Melanie for me. Carlin Battle likes how Jimmy Fallon has turned The Tonight Show into a variety show, and that is her traditional show now. So well, he has a done a nice job. Like, maybe he'll bring breathe some life back into variety. Our guest, Ron Oliver, here in the studio, along with our other guest, Michael Rowe, just said that there is no variety left on television. Is variety that, is that is Ron really... Oliver, is that true? And then we'll go to you, Michael. Uh, Mr. Rice, yes, I think so. Uh, we've talked for some time about doing <laughs> variety shows. And the problem is is that uh, no one has any talent anymore. <laughs> you see, that's the thing. We used to have these marvelous, talented people go on these shows. And now all you've got are these people who can paint their balls and go on vines. Right. <laughs> Right, so you've got and it begins, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but there's just you know, There's just nothing left anymore. No one can. When was the last time you saw a good juggler? Come on, think about it. A good juggler. Oh come on. Well, I will tell you my favorite juggler story. <laughs> okay. In the eighties, back when it was. I still, love that you have a favorite <laughs> juggler story. When it was still possible to have mimes in polite society, mm. um, a restaurant that was a client of mine when I was working in advertising had hired a strolling mime mm. to work as part of their restaurant, and the the general manager of the hotel where the restaurant was located was entertaining us and showing off, and the mime came over and did some juggling with the dishes that were from our, our table and slipped and broke all of them, which I began applauding and screaming, do it again, do it again, that's the best. And that was the end of the mime. But yeah, that's my favorite juggler. Michael Rowe, do you have a favorite juggler story? <laughs> <laughs> not, not for public consumption. 
They're all private. I'm Canadian. We're sort of <laughs> Everything's private. Yeah. Juggling is very yeah. private up there yeah. in the northern. No, I, don't think, uh, I don't think people have uh, attention spans long enough for uh, things like Christmas specials anymore. I used to love them in the 70s and the, uh, the 80s. They well, used to. Part of the, what we wanted to do with the Dinner Party Show was kind of revisit the comedy variety. The job I've always wanted to have is Carol Burnett's mm-hmm. because they did a great job right. and they looked like they were having a lot of fun yep. doing it. That's what I want to yeah. do for a living. That's the job I've always wanted. Yeah. Now, Carol's doing... Uh, she just did a guest spot for uh, a series up in Canada uh, that's produced by some friends of mine up there. She came and did a show called Signed, Sealed, and Delivered. And she was on there, and she everybody was like genuflecting because of Carol Burnett. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but they would love to do that stuff again, but there's no... Um, it's funny. Speaking of juggling, don't you have a nasty pig story? This is Ron Oliver addressing Michael Rowe. A nasty pig nasty story? Nasty pig, nasty pig underpants. I mean, other than you. Well, Ooh. because the Nasty Pig underpants, I think, are great. I got for Christmas two years ago a Nasty Pig jockstrap for my I, husband. I think you're perhaps speaking of another best friend. I don't have any Nasty Pig stories. Like, don't you? But no. do, do you Not have for... another best friend, though? Oh, that could be it. No, <laughs> no, no, sadly. I've killed and buried all the others. <laughs> yes, They're all precisely. Dead. Yes, indeed. We would um, have eaten them, but Ron has apparently been right. a vegetarian right. for <laughs> the last 27 years. <laughs> his, pre- his previous best friends were all vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my best friends are vegetables. Are vegetables. It's true. It's right. true. They, they don't monopolize the conversation. Yes, you, you can eat them if they do. Right. Unlike but now the question you. really begs that, so so if we don't have Christmas specials for Christmas, what, what does the family do when they gather around in the living room? During, I mean, we're lucky they to live in Southern California because it's nice and we can go outside. But people in the Midwest are freezing to death. And what are they doing around the television? My, Michael Rowe has called it. And, and I would. did you see the Onion headline from the last holiday season? No. Families all over gather to sit together and stare at screens. Yeah. They're yeah. all looking at their devices now. It's the end of everything. It's over. And you can get our show on your mobile device through our free mobile apps at thedinnerpartyshow.com. So ignore your family this holiday season. We are coming to you through those devices and screens. We inevitably fucking do that, though. We inevitably trash some support network for our show. when I was young, we all sat around and looked at our devices, too. But it was a whole different thing. (laughs) When you were young, Christ was still alive. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now we're going to have to have a conch because it's a talkative group. Uh. So, Michael, you recently published (laughs) a piece in Sharp Magazine, which is Canadian. Is that correct? It is Canadian. I'm just going to go push people off a cliff. (laughs) 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 No, but the first person to make a picky joke gets thrown out of the studio. Uh We already (laughs) covered Nasty Pig already. Yeah, Yeah, we covered Nasty Pig. But we want to talk about Michael's essay in Sharp Magazine. And his lack of experience with Nasty Pig underwear. I didn't say had lack of experience. It's lack of experience to share. It's not nearly the same thing. (laughs) We're back to that whole Canadian close to the vest thing. I'm so glad I wore a vest tonight. I, I, I don't show my upper arms before 3 o'clock in the afternoon anymore. <laughs> because you can. You'll I, freeze I to death. <laughs> Such a lady. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, uh, we, um, we did this essay about how social media is making everybody crazy and unhappy. Uh, I was noticing uh, that um, I would get up in the morning and I would check my Facebook and check my Twitter and I would be enraged by 10 o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning. And there was a lingering feeling of that lasting all day long. And uh, it, I, I sort of asked myself, what, what, what is this actually doing? Where does all this anger go? Because our parents, we have more information than our parents ever did. 
And uh, we're not happier. Yeah, we're not, we're not happier than they are. We know how yeah. the internet works, for one thing. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's a you know, 48-hour news cycle. Like, it's going all the time. Right. The time. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if it's more information, but there's certainly a lot more being said. But it should yeah. be said also that a lot of your Facebook friends don't have opposable thumbs. So it's difficult for them to actually say anything other than, I'm angry, I don't know why. So, you know. Are well, you speaking of everyone's Facebook friends or just Michael's Facebook I think just friends? his Facebook friends. Well, I, I, I don't think we should start slagging each other's Facebook friends because it's, it wouldn't be very flattering if I started commenting on yours. Well, <laughs> but of course, I've, ne- I've never been there. about fl- I've never been flattering you. Yes, that's Here a very good show. Yes. And Christopher and I are going to step out and yeah, get a exactly. sandwich. <laughs> the two of them you have two at take, each take other the for the show, Eve Harrington. Yeah. We love it. It's yeah. been lovely to see you. Merry Christmas to you all. You boys carry on. I think it needs to be said that uh, when we parked here at the studio, I can't tell you how delighted I was to park in the... Um, Institute of Bisexuality Parking. <laughs> now, don't tell everyone where we are. Yeah, because well, we're very controversial. We don't want to get hacked like who Sony. Who would know where that yeah. was? Just like one parking space. <laughs> who would know what I that was? I thought at the very least there'd be two parking spaces for the Bisexuality Institute. But there's because just they one. can't decide where to no, park. Or three. <laughs> three. <laughs> three spots. Sorry, three spots. that was insensitive to bisexuals, but it had to be said. <laughs> I always uh, forget well, to use these fucking keys. I think uh, they're very well organized, the bisexuals. I mean, the fact that they have an organization. Well, they have an organization. And they get twice the But this, the is, with one this parking is such spot. a shitty building. I mean, just the lowest of the low ends mm-hmm. up in this fucking building, right? <laughs> am I right, Eric Shawquit, or am I right? What did Armistead Mopin right call evening. it? A seedy motel? We're here. Yes, that is what Armistead Mopin He said, this is a lovely studio. You have to walk through a seedy motel to get here, but... Such a gentleman. He was a gentleman. We love Armistead Mopin. That's charming. Um, but okay, so Facebook, which we use primarily to talk to our listeners, the party people, is driving us all insane. That is, basically it's making it. us. I mean, it's making us angry. And I don't. I, like, I don't think that. I think this is just the reality of, of where we are today and who we are today. There's really nothing to be done with it. You what, know, you, you. Do you think that we have? I, like, we, there may be a 48 hour news cycle mm-hmm. or whatever, but there isn't really 48 hours worth of no, news. No, there we isn't. have a half an hour's worth of news, and then we have. Yeah. 47 and a half hours of, of opinion yeah. about the yeah. news. And that's what's become, that's what is filling mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. vacuum. We created yeah. the need for enough content to fill this. And then we fill it with this bullshit, yeah. which is out, fake outrage. But that's because well, if you notice also, if you, you notice it's not, I mean, it's, we're not filling it with good news. We're not no. filling it with happy stuff. We're or filling anything. it with, with misery. No, because no. that's what everybody wants to, or is it's maybe it's just because well, that's but, uh, easy. Uh, but let me ask you something. This Ronan Farrow, who we all know, I mm-hmm. hope, has a show on MSNBC. Frank's Very son. smart. Frank's, Frank's, Frank's kid. Yeah. He, he tweeted recently <laughs> that if Twitter <laughs> were a person, it would be a homophobic, racist, One Direction fan. Mm-hmm. And somebody on his timeline responded to him and said that's a mean, shallow joke there's actually a, a there are scores of human rights activists on twitter there's all this on twitter and i it got me thinking is this guy just engaging in self-congratulatory sanctimony the guy who responded to him or is there a twitter or a facebook that we don't see that's outside the borders be, because so much of what we do see is determined by what we hit like on it's mm-hmm. all these algorithms that we don't quite understand mm-hmm. like is there something out there that isn't as crazy is what we all get dumped on us in our news feed. Well, I think that Facebook and Twitter are basically um, a collection of the laziest bastards on the planet because they can say whatever they want to say (laughs) and and say, oh, I have this opinion and I feel that way. And they don't actually have to get off their fat asses and do anything. They just sit there and click like. Well, yeah, and and the the democratization of the internet, which has, I think, many good... Well, I think there's some upsides to it, too, but it it takes away all of the journalistic vetting that a lot of us were used to. And it allows people to pose as experts and say these incendiary, deeply affecting things without actually having their credentials called into question. Yes. 
And it's it's very um, for people who are visible, for people who are yeah. honest about who they are online, for people who publish books, for people who self-publish books mm-hmm. and put their identities out there. It's very challenging to repeatedly be attacked by people from a cover of anonymity. Yeah. Well, or using the, you know, it's the faux democracy of Facebook, which is which basically says that we are all equal because we're all on Facebook. When in point of fact, we're not all equal. I mean, your opinion might be posted on the internet yeah. but that doesn't mean it's actually a valid statement well I, I think that i think we are all equal as human beings but our opinions are not all equally well, exactly. that's, yeah. the, that's the point the, the, yeah. the line is always i have a right to my opinion and you do have a right to your opinion of course you have a right to your opinion but you don't have a right to express it when you express it you're opening yourself up to criticism of it yeah you you don't have a right to be free of consequence exactly. in yeah. a response that's right. what eric that's what you yeah. always say right. the right to free speech yeah. is not freedom yeah, from exactly. a response it's freedom from being jailed yeah. for so you speaking, can say whatever you, know, you want but there's yeah. going to be a Response or consequences. But, but can't for we be? Fr- it. It's but, the Carrie Prejean syndrome. Right. Like, can't, I can't believe that everybody's attacking yeah, my yeah, right to free yeah, speech. Yeah. No, Carrie, they're just reacting to the stupid, hideous, hateful thing that yeah, you said. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah. And there's this whole notion that that just because we all have the freedom to say whatever we want to say, we are all having to listen to it. And yeah. there's this wave as you're talking about this, the 24-hour news cycle. These opinions, I mean, Fox News is not actually a news station. Mm-hmm. If you actually look at their paperwork, it's actually an information and entertainment station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They can't call themselves news, which is why they call themselves Fox News, because most of it is just bullshit. So you're basically looking at it. it most. Uh, 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 yeah, I mean, you know, okay, okay. There's some non-bullshit parts? Well, the weather and the time. Okay, they okay. Can't, you can't dispute <laughs> They've got the that time. Right. Yeah, yes. as, a, as a rule. All right. But they'll try. Probably. We're also living in the age of the instant expert. You don't actually have to be a writer. You don't have to be a journalist or an essayist or anything. You just say you are. And you get a website, you know, then then you've got the, the the whole sort of well, who are you to question me kind of thing. And eventually, the chatter just becomes so much. Trolling is is uh, is just has become a massive. But problem. let's talk about that because everybody seems to have their own unique definition of what trolling is, right? Mm-hmm. I, I know I saw someone the other day. There was a situation recently where a, a, a pretty famous indie novelist announced that he was going to publish his first erotic romance, mm-hmm. and he made some statements that were very ill-informed about how he was pushing the envelope. When in fact, he was doing something that women writers have been doing now. For for about 10 or 15 mm-hmm. years at least. So a man who yeah. didn't know anything about what women had been doing. Exactly. Well, that wouldn't be Chris Rice. Well, yeah, it, w- it was not me, no. thank God. Well, that's based on, based on Eric's description of your book. You know <laughs> a great deal about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so people began to comment about it, and when somebody affiliated with this writer began responding to their tweets mm-hmm. about it, they, they immediately, this woman was accused of trolling. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, and this person said, you're going around looking for every mention of this topic, and you're giving unsolicited mm-hmm. responses, to which the woman said, you're posting on Twitter, which is mm-hmm. a public forum. Mm-hmm. So you know, oh, I remember get, this. Yeah. So it's an interesting thing. I know that's one definition. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily agree with it. I sort of go with the newsroom definition, mm-hmm. which the show Newsroom posited in its first season, yeah. which is, it is a, a mass attempt to shut down a thread. You know. Anyway, but that's why I go with that too. I mean, I have some some friends that have had some really bad bad years with being trolled this year. Calpurnia, of course, our, our mutual friend, as well. Yeah, was on the show. On the subject subject of a massive, massive trolling thing all year. I mean, this is the year of the troll. And I have two friends in, in uh, New England who run a website. And uh, they've been the subject also, a targeted, a targeted attempt to, to um, just, just personal attacks, personal attacks on their right. identity everything. And I think it's, it's interesting because you get these, these massive mobs of, of people and all these this cacophony of voices. And you have to stand back and remind yourself and remind your friends who are being trolled that in actual fact, they don't count for anything. Mm-hmm. It's just noise inside your head. And it can go away by turning off the computer and, and not responding. Yeah. But it has, you know, it has actual, it has actual damage. It has actual, actual consequences to people. And you do, it, you do it, a lot it, of handling. If you don't step away from it, I think exactly. it does. Exactly. But it's you, addictive. I mean, it, yeah. It, yeah. 
it's as hard to listen as um, it's as hard to. I myself don't pay attention to it because, frankly, I couldn't possibly care less what anyone thinks except me. I'm far too self-absorbed <laughs> to actually care about but the you, internet. But you're, you're, you're but, with you, Ron. <laughs> you know, like, you're also, I, I post but you're also, stuff and then I leave town. You're also an old-fashioned kind of. A, you're a Pierre Gint kind of a troll. <laughs> I'm an old kind <laughs> of troll. Well, the mountain king kind true, of troll. That's true. Actually, you know, I mean, look, the internet. You're the the bridge only, kind. The, the only reason the internet works at all is because it gives you brownie recipes, the weather in Kuala Lumpur, and porn. That's the only reason to have it. Well, the internet is for porn. In your case. In your case, an endless barrage. Of we will be back after this short musical break to talk more about the internet. We said they were going to be the funniest men in town, and we're fighting. having the most serious conversation <laughs> know, we've right? had this year. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, here's Louis Armstrong to lighten things up. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw. Let's dish. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. Already in progress, I'm Christopher Rice. I'm Eric Shaw, and we're having a great time. I hope you all are. Uh, in our previous segment, we were discussing trolling with Michael Rowe, and uh, who are you again? I can't I'm, think, uh, remember yeah, back that Look before. me up at IMDb, don't Ron Oliver, and uh, Alan Fogg, one of our party people, says he always feels like he's trolling when he's on our Facebook page. <laughs> well, as long as he, yes. If you have something nasty to say, come post with us. Exactly. Okay, so you two are visiting Los Angeles for the day just to do our show, and then you're heading back to Shady He's Pines. wheeling me around like Vincent Price, really. It's exactly. less like a visit and more like well, a Well, he insists on sitting in the back. He sits in the back of the car. He's saying, uh, where are you going to go? I'm like, Miss Daisy, where do you want to go now? He just Dr. Yells. Vibes Christmas. Oh, I love Why Dr. are you Vibes. in the back of the car while he's driving? He's oh. He lies about everything. Well, he has he to be because he can't, he can't bend his knees <gasps> anymore oh. well, God knows seat. yours are bent and they stayed bent for 27 years <laughs> welcome to showbiz baby <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to be a great note to end on so uh, not the show the show's not ending no, it's just no. our last live show of 2014 so how did so you sad. all spend the day Oh, what didn't we do? First, we arose in Palm Springs. I went to the gymnasium. The Duchess laid by the fire and drank gallons of coffee. As he- it's the way. It's my way. Well, it's, it's it's some I'm way. Not, I'm not fit for company in the morning. <laughs> or Ron's, the Ron's, the, Ron's the only person that can handle me properly in the morning. There's no one else. Yeah. It's so funny. I was saying to Valerie Bertinelli last night. I said, I can't believe you did drop. Valerie Bertinelli name drop, ladies and gentlemen. Valerie, I said, I said, our mutual friend Morgan Fairchild and I. What are you doing? Dear old friends, we're trying to lunch. Anyway, but but the Duchess, of course. Now, Michael Rowe. Those who don't know, Michael Rowe's actual name is the Duchess. Um, I, for years, I've referred to him as the Duchess. He left his diadem at the hotel, but yes. 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 Oh, Eric, you're my diadem. You Aww. have been for years now. Oh, so dear. And no one sparkles brighter. <laughs> So you've got so look, you've got some glitter on you. It's like a little elf farted on you. Um, so we went to uh, we it's came Christmas. into town. Oh, happy holidays. Mm. Went to town. We went to the Beverly Wilshire for lunch, as you do, mm. and yeah. uh, had a little bit of lunch. In 1985, yes. Oh. Stop right now! Just because he was, he was wearing power lunch. He was wearing Shineberg. He was Beverly Wilshire red tie with Julie Mickey Mouse. Uh, Mickey Just Mouse. because you don't know how to use flyware rice doesn't mean <laughs> we can't all eat there. So I take the Duchess there, and we have a lovely time, and so on and so forth. And they bring <laughs> they bring our little lunch, and of course uh, it's a, a it's, it's a veggie burger without a bun. And he'd order the mozzarella cheese. They didn't bring in the mozzarella cheese, and apparently it was a tri- <gasps> is a trigger moment for him. I felt, and he I went felt off. triggered. I felt off. He was like, where's my mozzarella cheese? I said, honey, it's the Beverly Wilshire Hotel. You well, I felt, just have I felt triggered. I felt, I felt that they were looking down on me because I'm Canadian. 
You think they that were? Was it was a well, they were. They were looking down on you. Yeah. They were looking down on you because you have a bow tie on. Hey, it's a really nice bow tie, <laughs> and this is a radio. Has no idea where Canada is. No, no, no. Well, they all people who I'm from Canada. Canada. I can't remember where it was. I know it's somewhere. <laughs> in, it's like north of like Burbank. It's, well, yeah, we haven't I don't forgotten know. you. It's in the valley. I isn't don't it? think you. How have. could any? How could anyone forget you, Ron? I know. I'm practically a legend in Canada. You know. Yeah, the legends usually like Beaver. Except lesbians. Legends. Usually aren't true, and you unfortunately Lesbians are. On the other hand, Lesbians are, are very true. Very Always true. true. Totally yeah. true. Yes. Lesbian strong. Yes, we love lesbians yes. on the dinner party. Although show. I think that was Queen Queen Victoria's reaction to being told about lesbianism. She said, you should oh, ask ask Ron. Oh, he women was there. wouldn't do that sort of thing. There were no laws against it because she she just dismissed it out of hand. She was like, oh, oh ladies wouldn't do that. Sort but isn't of that thing. common around the world? Though? They do it in Russia too. They don't have, lesbianism isn't an issue in Russia. Apparently, it's all just gays. You can't have gays. You can have lesbians. Yeah, I don't know what. It is. But he's so mean to us. They're it's so mean to us. Terrible. Why I can't they? Well, oh, it's Russia, don't we? Who cares what goes on in Russia? <laughs> right? Please, it's horrible. You Russia, can only live in like a third of Russia or else yeah. you freeze to death. Oh, this is enormous like country Canada. that you can't see, really go. See like Canada. 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 Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's only without Canada all of the direct-to-video <laughs> movies being shot there. Okay. <laughs> well, oh, they're, and they're all being shot by Ron and they all look the same. Speaking of... <laughs> oh, yeah. Except some of them have dogs in them. Some Let's do. talk about since the Rev Wilshire story was so fascinating. I wonder if you that asked. ever showed up. You people asked. <laughs> it never did. It never did. I didn't want to tell that story. Jeez. So you directed a movie recently featuring a lovable St. Bernard we call Beethoven. It's true. Actually, I did. <laughs> and we would also like to point out that the title of the film is not... Beethoven's, Beethoven's Treasure, Treasure Trail, Trail. which no. I think I posted. Oh, yes, no, everywhere. Chris, Chris, I thought it was, that was the name <laughs> But I'll tell you it. something. I Everyone oh I God. know has responded that it, way. So, is that what it's called, Treasure Trail? It's called Beethoven's Treasure, Treasure Tale. Tale. And you can purchase it off the Dinner Party Show website even now. Oh, how lovely. Along and with Michael's most recent I and should all hope of Michael's so. books. But the heavy stuff is only in the mail order version. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have had VHS porn to get that joke. That's like, a good joke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm the last generation <laughs> yeah. of homos that get that joke. With free bolt. Yeah. That's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So it stars yeah. one of an, a frequent guest of the dinner party show. Alec oh my God, Mappa. Alec Mappa and Morgan Fairchild, aforementioned. Uh, Jeffrey Combs, the reanimator, is in it. Cool. Who called me up when I called him, and I, he's like, "Are you sure you mean me?" I do like <laughs> horror. I said, "Yeah, I want you in this picture." Uh, and Johnny Silverman and and uh, uh, Chrissy Swanson, the original Buffy, is in it. Wow. David DeLuise. It's a it's a fabulous uh, cast. And apparently, apparently, there was a crime committed. <gasps> well, it's not like we did it hands on, but there we were. We were shooting at a casino. In, in... Ron was com- fully exonerated. <laughs> exactly. But now, by convicted, what do you mean? Um, we were in Halifax, uh, <laughs> shooting at this casino in Halifax. First mistake. And uh, and um, uh, as we were shooting, um, there was a great uh, noise and kerfuffle, and it turns out that there was a dead body floating past the casino on the river. And so we had to stop for a few hours. It was hours. the daily dead body. They usually come by later in the it's afternoon. It was probably sesquicentennial. I'm told they, it, that you're not far wrong. Evidently, oh yeah, there are more than the occasional um, body floats past there. Well, then I'm sorry I made that joke. Uh, but, I uh, thought there was no murder like north of uh, Boston or Portland, Maine. Banga, Maine, you know. And Banga. Yeah. Well, no, uh, I. Uh, That's well, how they keep uh, the population so low in Canada. I don't yeah. think that the fe- I think the fellow had actually Polar committed the suicide. <laughs> I think he'd killed himself because he lost um, the casino. Oh, he probably no. killed himself yeah. because he spent the day watching you f- direct. <laughs> 
or probably watch the rest of your movies. You know, people love my work. They love it. They love but, it. They've always uh, I, and their checks are all in the mail. How many Beethoven movies have you directed? Just this one. Oh fuck! Well, I, I can't ask you. Well, you had to study the other ones to do this one, right? No, 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 no. Has there been a there Beethoven were... movie? Just don't duck this question. Okay. Has there been a Beethoven movie where the dog has had to be dressed up as Beethoven? <laughs> The composer. Have they ever put a Beethoven wig That's on the Beethoven dog? That's a valid question. I don't think so. I think the gag originally was that the dog responded to some piece of Beethoven. No, work. I actually saw the original Beethoven, and I don't think that was in there. I think it was just. So you're Beethoven. the one. <laughs> yeah. They made 19 Beethoven movies. This is this is the most successful movie franchise oh, yeah. in history. You're it's, making another one, right? Yeah, yeah, we are. We're starting the number one. It's already uh, a soon. huge hit. Yeah, Beethoven's it, we, Vengeance. It, this time it's personal, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, but somebody sent me a picture of Beethoven, the composer, um, naked with like a treasure trail, and said, "Is that this movie that you're talking about?" I said, "No, it's not that film. That's a that's a different one. It's a different movie entirely." I, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Are there actually pictures of the actual Beethoven? I didn't. I thought he was from a time before photographs. Wow, Christopher, really? <laughs> Again, the composer? <laughs> yes. I'm oh, sensing a talking, Beethoven fetish from Christopher. You're talking about the dog. My mother has the Beethoven yeah. fetish. My, my mother is the Beethoven. Well, you know what Beethoven's doing now, don't you? No. He's decomposing. I'll be here all week, I Ron Oliver. Good night, folks. Enjoy the shrimp and cocktail. from the Palm Springs Follies. It's Ron Oliver. Bitch. <laughs> I think this show gives gay men across America one more reason never to move to California. <laughs> or Palm Springs, anyway. Or Palm Springs. Anyway. Well, you'll end up in Palm I love oh. Palm Springs. I was in Palm Springs a few weeks ago. And that's the, that's the end of my story. Did you come but, there, the, you, but there you, you, was plenty you, of mozzarella cheese, by God. Oh, Whenever we asked for it, they brought yes, it. Well, Weren't you signing your recent uh, novella? I was tagging along with... Um, I was not actually signing my novella because mm. it's it's a weird thing, but it's available through Amazon. Oh. But I was signing The Vines, which is my supernatural oh, okay. thriller. Okay. And of course, we have one I think he left. probably thought that novel was novella. Movie. I think he probably yeah, got the mixed he up. Gets he slow, works yeah. in pictures. I don't We don't read. I read treatments and occasionally coverage. <laughs> we did a wonderful joint time? signing to answer your question at yeah. Just Fabulous in Palm Springs, which gets bigger every time I'm there. They've got I know. another room they keep, of I know. Just they keep, Yeah, and it's all those great black and white prints, I right? I got oh, two fabulous. bags of Christmas presents that you I won did. in the Secret Santa competition at the Christmas party this year. Well, we're going to take a short break now that Eric has started talking, and we will be back in just a few minutes. <laughs> They're rubbing off on you, I, I know, see. Right with on. our dessert portion of the evening here mm. on our last live cast of the Dinner Party so Show sad. for 2014. Mm. Are you tired of playing charades every time you have a get-together? Are you sick of the same old board games that always ask you to roll the dice and pull another silly card? Worse, are you tired of playing a game for 30 minutes only to watch your entire family devolve into a bitter screaming fight about who may or may not have cheated? Well, the happy-go-lucky folks at conflict of fun Games have found a way for you to skip right to the fight and score the most points off it with their hot new game, Draw Stuff Mom and Dad Said Drunk. Damn, kids, it's some of the worst things that ever happened to me. Is that kind of real, or is my foot talking to the sofa? <laughs> Draw that, kids. Draw Stuff Mom and Dad Said Drunk has a sophisticated scoring system that will keep players on their toes as it encourages them to furiously illustrate the most painful and inappropriate statements their parents ever made to them while under the influence. You guys are just... Just the last one standing, because I was too lazy 
to go back to the clinic after I found out how Okay, pregnant. that's probably too much for anyone to draw with a Sharpie, but the simple guidelines included in Draw Stuff Mom and Dad Said Drunk instruct players on how they can spend several weeks prior to gameplay dredging up the most painful things their parents ever said to them while drinking and printing those statements on brightly colored cards. Best yet, if your game lasts longer than 15 minutes, each player is allowed to phone our special helpline, where trained counselors are standing by to talk you down off the ledge. Draw stuff mom and dad said drunk. It's charades without the denial. Tired of dining alone? Enjoy the dinner party show with friends. Like us on Facebook and become one of our party people. Then, during our live shows on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, you can join the conversation and post questions for Christopher, Eric, and their guests. During the week, drop in for tasty side dishes, show updates, and fun with the other party people. The Dinner Party Show. You are the life of our party. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. Eric Shaw Quinn, what the fuck was that song? I thought I'm that was going to be a holiday Quinn. song. I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. I'm getting cut. I'm getting You're on railroaded the spot. here. You're on the spot. I... I'm not sure that was that the wasn't right the real song. song. That, that was, was not. The but point. the dancing was adorable. The Happy Holidays You Bastard was supposed to be the song, but right. that didn't seem like the song. Somebody's fired. Just get ready back there. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all here at the dinner party show. Michael it was Rowe. very fun. Michael Rowe. very spirited. The little Michael shop Rowe. around the corner goes bad. Christopher. Just shout out the name of your most recent novel before these two start It's called Wild Fell. Published by Cheesy and Pub. Wild fell, as you well know. <laughs> Wild fell. Isn't that shut up. isn't that where they lived in the north? In yes. uh, shut the fuck. In it's a, in the north. You, now you War shut of up. Fire and it's Ice. It's in the north. Game yes, that's right. Isn't that yeah. the yeah. Wild fell is Michael Rowe's Shirley Jackson Award nominated ghost story, which has been met with critical acclaim. Much of it from me. Um, and he's very critical. And uh, it was released earlier this year. Am yeah, I so correct? we say a year ago. Just a is year she ago. the oh, missing oh, Jackson child, Shirley Jackson? She was like the Miss Jackson. If you're nasty, <laughs> I will never win ding, another ding, Shirley ding, Jackson ding, award ding. ever. And, I will ding, never, ding, and I'm, ding, going to, I'm going to make you suffer for the for the rest of our baby. lives for that. Yeah. But okay. it is available on the dinner it's party show. It's available for sale Thank at thedinnerpartyshow.com. A reminder to our listeners if you buy it through thedinnerpartyshow.com, it supports our affiliates and it supports Eric's chocolate budget. That's mm. right. And I really eat a lot of chocolate, Fucking so we need all the help huge. we can. What's your yeah. favorite These chocolate? These two have drunk us out of our champagne, so we're going to have oh, to. Oh, that's pay. Ron all by himself. So go and also and the buy Enter Night. Your debut novel is also yes. available through our site. That's one of my favorite vampire novels I've ever read. Don't tell you no. Bless who. your heart. Um, it, that's also available in our main slider at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Our you never, main slider. Do you know our what, though? <laughs> you know, the Duchess never talks about the stories we wrote together. Oh, that's true. God. No, we did. Did you? Um, no, I haven't ever talked about them. We've written I, together. I, I try to avoid talking about you at all, ever. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You didn't write, you directed the Prom Night movies, I right? did, sir. Or yes. Prom Nights 2 and 3. 2 and 3. Deux et trois, we say. We actually, uh, this is a little known fact. Ron and I actually wrote two pieces of erotica together. One, um, 
uh, for a John Preston anthology, a Frankenstein thing oh, called Monster John Cock. Preston. Monster and, Cock. Monster yeah, Cock. Frankenstein okay. story. It's quite scary. I did the monster. Exactly. It was a graveyard Well, you know, it actually had a little bit of a hallucinogenic quality because someone, and I'm not saying who, might have had some sort of possibly elective surgery at the time and was high on drugs while we were sitting in the room writing it. The elective surgery was I was trying to have him removed from my ass. <laughs> sort of like yeah. Xanadu. It was exactly like Xanadu. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, we sat next Kublai to, uh, we, sat, we sat across from each other and uh, and wrote this story. Then we wrote another one for another anthology. And what we was that actually, called? Uh, the Blind Leading the Dead. No. Yes. The Blind Leading the Naked. It was the, the blind dead, leading, No, the Dead oh, Leading God, the Naked. shut up. No, it's not the naked and the dead can either. Can you guys work this shit out before you come on a live radio <laughs> he show? No, and he's, really? he's losing his mind, as you can see by the... Look, I pay no he's attention he's to this He's making whole... movies about talking dogs. This whole... <laughs> the this dog, whole... I don't think Beethoven talks. Well, in, his talk. mind, in his mind, he doesn't talk. Talk. But anyway, talk. He anyway, doesn't talk. But anyway, the other thing is that... He tells it all to Ron before Campbell. Exactly. And then Ron tries to capture what Beethoven told him. Talk about your book, Michael. Let's hear... Please tell me about your... Okay. Wildfell is a ghost story. It's kind of a classic uh, model on classic English ghost stories. Uh, very traditional. It's about a, a young man, a middle-aged man, actually, by the time he gets to, into trouble. Uh, who, uh, Isn't that yeah, always the way? It, it totally is. It totally is. And he, um, he uh, has, a, has a car accident and gets a huge settlement and buys a, a mansion sight unseen because he re- he's never done anything um, out of the ordinary in his life. So he d- buys this house on impulse and finds out that what's living in the house um, has been haunting him his whole life. It's all about haunting. It's about memory. Autobiography. We know it's been haunting beautiful me in my and house. Haunting. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful and haunting. Thank so we you. want all of our party people to go and buy it immediately from thedinnerpartyshow.com. It's a very good book. It's I'm very sorry book. to say, believe it or not, we Great are cover. out of time. Oh, my God. We are out of true. time on The Dinner Party Show. It is true. We are out of time. Wow. I feel like we just got time started. I know. Because we babble incoherently. It is our last <laughs> live cast. <laughs> Of 2014, but we will have a special encore presentation of our very TDPS Christmas featuring host Jordan Ampersand and a special guest appearance by Puffy the Christmas Elf. And original material from Oz. And over the holidays, we will be uh, featuring a series of special marathons, which we will tell you more about in the coming weeks. Christmas thon season. Mm. And we will be back with an all new episode of the Dinner Party Show on January 11th. And that is a You're the Guest special holiday hangover. Edition, and we will want to hear from you on our party line 323 Pez TDPS. I got all the information in right at the end. I can't believe we're out of time, but we are. I want to thank Ron Oliver and Michael Rowe for thank being our so last much. guest of 2014. People are already calling for you to take over the show. Yeah, we're going to. Philip Cohen, watch your back, Philip Cohen. I'm coming for you, friend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to The Dinner Party Show. Thanks.
I've been to a marvelous party. <laughs> 